This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, LZ? Hello, Jess. How are you? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have How asked you, you a question. <laughs> because that's not good. How you doing? I'm could be better, you know, because right now I'm talking to what past Jessica. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, this could go on forever. Anything else you have to say? <laughs> See that? Oh my gosh, it's too okay. perfect. Although uh, my heart is breaking a little bit here because um, and Jessica is actually not here. Everything that you guys just heard. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, it's because John is using the <laughs> sound bites that she's there and it's kind of like working and it's kind of scary and yet at the same time heartbreaking for me because my co-host is not here. Um, but we do have a very special, a very special person here with us today. We have to go to the bullpen, pull out a right-hander. Oh. No, a left-hander. <laughs> a left-hander? Yes, we do have a special guest today. First time on the show, right? And this is Emily, yeah. and I don't want to mess up your last name, honey. <laughs> Prokop. Prokop. Okay, Emily Prokop. Yep. And then can you tell Hi. us again, because you've changed a couple of things. I mean, I know that, you know, your podcasting life has morphed into so many different things. So I would say to you um, to give us your sort of like the well-known show that you have going on now. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing the story behind for uh, almost a year and a half at this point. Uh, it's a short history show about the history of everyday objects. So it's super short, five to 10 minutes. And yeah, that is my main show that I do. Awesome. And but you also do some podcasting stuff too, right? I do. I went from my full time job as an editor of a uh, crossword puzzles actually and i went into podcast editing a few months ago so that's full time now Yay. so i turned my my passion of podcasting into a job and i get to stay home with my kids and i get to listen to podcasts all day and i love it <laughs> well, that's awesome love it love it love it so yeah you guys um, we're, we're gonna have links in the comments to all of the things right but before we keep going i kind of want to just address the fact that jess isn't here um, you must have heard there was like a little one minute update that I posted last week. And a couple of weeks ago, Jess went um, on, a, on a trip, a business trip over to Brooklyn. And she had an unfortunate event happen with a sidewalk and her face. Um, and she took a very, very big fall and she laughed about it. We laughed about it. I mean, it was big. If you guys can go check out her Instagram and her Facebook page, you can see what happened. And, and, um, it seems like she she got a concussion, right, John? <laughs> yeah, she they and the thing about it is I have another podcast I listened to where one of the co-hosts had a concussion, she was in a car accident and she couldn't 
uh, do anything for a while. Like there was no TV screens and it's a big deal now. They, they treat concussions a lot differently because as you can tell, I've had a few concussions back in the day when they didn't treat things this way. And what happens is you get memory loss and there's times where you want to say a word and you can see the word, but you can't get it out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you have concussions and it's not treated well. So what I said to Jess was, listen, if you don't want to sound like me, go to the doctors. Mm -hmm. So she went to the doctors and they said, listen, no more, no screens, no thinking, you know, you just sit there and do nothing and let your brain heal. Yep. And as you guys know, that this is really hard for Jess to do, but that must be torture yeah, for her. I know. I know. And Jess, we love you. Yes, we love you. And it, this was really hot, like last minute that we, so we were super doubly thankful for Emily to step up this morning because usually you guys, we release the show on Monday mornings, but our general recording time is at 10 in the morning, Eastern Standard on Wednesday. And um, we got a kind of like a little um, message from Jess in the evening on Tuesday. And it was like, oh, because we had already not had a show. And so we kind of came up with like, who would be available? Who, who could we have on the show? So I'm really, really thankful for you being on the show today, Emily. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for asking. Yeah, and happy birthday. Yes, my birthday today, too. This is like the best birthday present. It's like getting that message last night and telling my husband, all right, we're not doing anything tomorrow morning. I'm going to be on Sheep Podcast. Oh, my gosh. You're so cute. Thank you so much. I mean, so honestly, it totally means a lot. And there's like, uh, you know, um, it no better person to be on the show. It was just so fun that we came up with the name, the same names. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my God, this would be so great. <laughs> and there were a couple of times we we're like, what? Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I was well. What normally I interact with Emily over Facebook Messenger, and this time I was like, no, I'm, I video called her because I wanted to see the reaction when I told her. Oh my gosh! And it was like jaw drop, eyes real big, got jazz hands, <laughs> jazz hands. And then I was like, poor Jess. And John's like, good to see your priorities in place. <laughs> That's so funny. So funny. But um Do you I'll, think it'll be a long injury? Why get to do this again? I, oh my god. <laughs> well we I just thought it would just go away, but I just I'm feeling bad for her because I, I, I don't think you know, I, I I don't know what that's like. I, I've never had to do that and, and it's kinda weird because it's like when somebody asks you to not think, what do you do, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't even do it for meditation for more than ten minutes. So Yeah. Oh, and with all yeah, of I the tried things, to go ahead. I tried to meditate last night because I am taking the Chris Curran's uh, School of Podcast Engineering, uh -huh. and we, we do that Tuesday nights. And he had all this stuff that he's showing me, all this technical stuff, which I love. And, like, my mind is getting blown. Like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do that. I'm writing things down and all. And then afterwards, like, I can't – it's all swimming around in my brain. I can't turn it off. So it took me to almost 2 o'clock in the morning to finally be able to calm down enough. Well, actually, what I had to do is I had to get up, get paper, and start drawing out my new studio because I'm changing everything again. And then once I got that done, I was able to sleep. So I can't, I don't know how you turn, most guys turn their brains off. They just turn on sports and they just sit there. That's how we do it. But I don't know how women turn off their brains. I don't think it's possible, to be quite yeah. honest with you. Well, I have to say, for me, it's podcasts. That's what turns my brain off. I mean, in a good way, you know, because I always pick the ones, like, there's very specific things that I listen to 
for brain off, but it, you know, but it, I guess it's still thinking. And then audiobooks, like the latest book that I'm reading is a Leonardo da Vinci, the biography. And that kind of helps my brain let go of all kinds of other things that I never think about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, and that's, and it, it's, it's not, I can't say it's boring really, but it's not necessarily an adventure book. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a thriller. So my nervous system is pretty even when I'm listening to that biography. So, um, and um, uh, what's his name? Oh gosh, what is his name? Alfonso um, Molina, is that his last name? Gosh darn it. He's like a, a well-known actor. He's been around for so many years. He's also um, a stage actor as well. And my gosh, his voice is so rich. Alfred Molina, that's his name. It's so rich. It's like crazy. I like, I listen, I'm like, oh, I could hear him speak forever. He sounds so nice. So, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I'm going to kind of bring up this subject right now that I don't think it's in the show notes here, but I do want to address it from the get-go. And Jess and I kind of chatted briefly this morning. Speaking of not being able to let it go, yesterday she sends sends me right before we go to bed, she sends me this really cute picture of a a golden retriever and a goose cuddling, like a goose and a golden retriever cuddling. And she said, I've never seen a more accurate photo of us in my life. I saw it on the She Podcast Instagram page and you even said, try to guess which one is which. And I couldn't. I was like, well, I could see both of them I as know. the golden retriever. Me too. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. But in the, But also she also mentioned, you know, she mentioned a complaint from somebody and I was like, you can, if you want me to address it or, um, or wait for me, it doesn't matter. And I was like, no, if you, if, if you want to address it or wait for me, it doesn't matter. And I was like, this is right before I'm going to bed. And I'm like, what is she talking about? So I started to look through all of our online media properties and I'm like, nobody's complaining. I mean, there's a guy complaining on Lipson, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then I was like, oh my gosh. And then um, it wasn't until, so, but I, but John, I had a hard time turning my brain off after that. I was like, how, like, I can't start a conversation about this right now. I'm about to go to sleep. I can't. So I had to let it go in some way. And um, hence came in Leonardo da Vinci to save the day. But, um, but what that was about is that we got uh, some feedback on our last episode that really, um, there somebody got very offended but by, by something that Jessica said and i know i'm going to be very pod i'm i'm, I'm going to be pod begging right now <laughs> or vague <beg> potting <laughs> i'm going to be very vague potting um because we feel that this is something that both of us need to address together and i kind of don't want to bring it up right now without both of us here and but but i do want to acknowledge that we will address this especially for those involved because um we feel it's important so we'll have a conversation about that coming up next. So how about we um, hear a little bit from Danny? Tip number eight, the double ender. The double ender is the secret weapon of podcasting. We all know that voice over IP systems sound like poop. Skype is not your friend. What a double ender means essentially is to record each person locally and then use a voice over IP system like Skype or Zoom to communicate and have a backup. The result of a double ender is that you almost sound like you're in the same room. And it's very easy to do. 
You can use QuickTime on a Mac OS device or Voice Recorder on a Windows device. And if your guest was already using a voice over IP system like Skype or Zoom or Zencaster, they are most likely already hooked up correctly to their computer and you can talk them through it. To get instructions on how to do this, you can either Google how to use QuickTime Player Apple support or how to use Voice Recorder Microsoft support. Now, the important thing to remember is that the computers will only be recording the local audio. So you do need to use a Voice over IP recorder as a backup just in case. Then, once the recording is done, just have your guest send the file that they recorded to you, and then it's very easy to sync up. You can even use a simple system like clapping at the same time to give yourself a marker on the audio file. I hope you've enjoyed my tips over the last two months. If you haven't yet, go to emeraldcitypro.com slash checklist to get my 25-step podcasting checklist and to get your free sound assessment. Once you're on my list, you'll also receive my Avoid Bad Sound Quality pre-recording checklist and my pre-interview checklist. And if you have a moment, consider a coaching session with me. I can quickly help you address any issues you have with sound, setup, strategy, and growth. And if you're ready to get back three hours or more each week to focus on stuff that you're an expert at, we'd love to do all your editing, mixing, mastering, and show distribution for you so that you can focus on growing your community and business. Head to emeraldcitypro.com today. Yay, Danny! Thank you so much. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. We're doing triple ender, right? Yeah, we have to because there's none. There's no Skype or anything that Elsie can do with the bandwidth she has for internet. So we, matter of fact, Elsie's actually we're hearing Elsie on the phone. You're hearing Elsie as she records in her she podcast home studio. <laughs> yes, my so, fancy bed. <laughs> and right. So what will happen is sometimes Elsie will sound like uh, Bugs Bunny when he drinks poison. <laughs> and we just sit there and nod our heads. And then when I hear it in editing, I go, oh, that's what she said. <laughs> so, but it is the best way. If you have co-hosts, it is really the best way to almost guarantee good audio. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying different things right now. There's uh, Squadcast that I'm, I'm testing and Zencasters. And these guys are trying. They're trying so hard to be able to do double ending recorders where they record on your side and then they upload that audio. But again, this is my opinion only. There is an issue with the way it is. You know, there's some issues with it at times. Sometimes it works great. Sometimes there's some issues. I don't know. That's that's what I've found so far. So the double ender really is the best way if you have co-host. Now, if you have interview shows and you have to bring people in, you're at the mercy of their technology threshold, what they can use. Some people don't want to use a phone. That's all they can use. So then there's different ways that you have to record that. And it's tough. It's a never-ending battle with technology and podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're in the Facebook groups, that's one of the main questions you see all the time is, I want to do an interview show. How do I? Re- what's the best way to record? And then you get all those options that you can use. Yeah, and then and then it keeps on changing for a lot of people. So, yeah. Emily, did have you had a chance to listen to the latest episode of um, the feed by any chance? Yeah, of course. Okay. Sundays, that's my driving <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, I was just wondering what you thought about Rob's conversation around what's going on with Skype. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm going to be interested to see that. But from what I understand, it's going to be a more third party thing. So I'm not sure if they're integrating it into the system where it's going to be Skype for creators where you sign up for maybe a paid Skype account for that and then they integrate it into it or you have to download something separately, which they already have on their website. They have on the Skype help a list of recorders that work with Skype and it's 11 or 12 at this point. And um, yeah, so I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it, how they're going to integrate it into their software. Yeah, I think that one of the concerns that we had was based on not necessarily that like the Skype recorders don't currently work with Skype, but the fact that they're changing their protocol and their API. And so, yeah, so that's where I feel it's going to be the biggest challenge for a lot of people, because at this moment, I think all of us as podcasting, like helpers, consultants, either professional or not, um, we tend to have the way that we do things, right? And then that question, like you're talking about, comes up all the time, as in like, how do I record the conversation? And you generally say, use this if you're use, if you're on a, a PC, use this if you're on a Mac, the end. That's really it. And what... feels like it's happening right now is that Skype is going to offer their own solution, right? It's that's the first step, which at this point will only be recording and on one track is what I got. I gathered from the conversation Rob had directly with Microsoft, but you know, you never know. And um, so that's going to be the first thing. And the other thing is that it's going to break all of our solutions is and and I'm kind of tentative in saying that it's absolutely 100% going to break something like Ecamm Call Recorder, which we all, like I would say about, I don't know, 80% of us recording on Skype are using, <laughs> you know, especially the women, because it's easy, right? I mean, it's, it's the easiest thing. Yeah. You just bink, you're done. Yeah, I actually... I have a PC and I have a Molto call recorder, which is free, and it actually just starts recording. I have a setting where it starts recording as soon as I pick up a Skype call and I don't even realize it. And that's actually illegal. So I have to figure out how to turn that off when it automatically does that. Um, Well, it's illegal in certain states where, you know, I might not remember that I'm recording and I'm talking to somebody over Skype, but it's usually podcast related. But... I use that. And then sometimes as a backup, and I think this will still work if people aren't on board with the whole Skype breaking with the software that's meant to work with it. I use OBS. It's open broadcast. I always want to say studio, but that records sort of a screenshot of my Skype and I can just extract the audio from it. So that's separate. That won't break on me. But I'm worried about Amolto. I really like that. It's it's a one track recorder, but it's nice as a backup. Yeah. And I think that for us, like we, I mean, the workflow for Ecamm Call Recorder has been so easy. It splits the sides of the conversation. You can export it as an MOV. You can split the tracks into, you know, AIFF files or MP4s or MP3s. I mean, it has so many different ways to do it. Obviously, there's also things like Audio Hijack Pro, which is what initially most podcasters used that were on a Mac that were podcasting back in the day, because it really was almost the only solution that you had for recording this kind of stuff. And so what Audio Hijack Pro is, is that you literally can hijack any audio inside of your computer. And it's, 
in a way, it kind of is a little bit like an, a like a, a software mixer a little bit. You can like create channels within that software and you can create a channel that captures your audio from just your own local audio from whatever source from the, from, you know, obviously from your microphone. And then you can grab the audio from whatever other source. So if you want to pipe in the audio from Skype, you can even just, if you're using a browser, you can use the audio from the browser and all of that kind of stuff. You can set it up and then it requires records it. And that's the way that it used to be done. That software still exists. In fact, I, I own it. But um, I think it's going to render sort of helping people a little bit harder and um, possibly force people to end up with a hardware solution versus a software solution with a mixer and all the things and all the stuff. So I'm, I'm curious. And then Audio Hijack is only for Mac. Yes, Audio Hijack is only for Mac. Correct. Yes. Right. So if you have a PC and be honest with you, that is my next move here is to be able to offer somebody like say you want to do an interview and you're not really sure about the tech. And this is a really big interview where you would I would use third party software. I would have a phone line where your guest could call in and be on the phone and then I would record both sides of the interview and then edit the or, or give it to you all if you want that way or edit it down for you. And then give it to you because there is, I think it's, there's such a need for it, to be honest with you, because a lot of people want to do a podcast, but they just don't know. And and it's expensive too. I mean, there's a lot of equipment that you have to buy to be able to do this and then to have it done. You know, it might be, if you're only going to do it once in a while or something like that, or you have someone that you need to do this for, it's an option. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I had to say no to a client once because that's, she was looking for a producer and I didn't realize at the time when she first reached out to me that she wanted somebody to be on the all of her interview calls with her and recording everything. And it would have been a great idea if it were a set time, but she's like, oh, no, I usually make these interview appointments a day or two in advance. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know if that'll work for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, you have to call the shots when it comes to that. And I do feel that that's a really great service to be able to do that, to have somebody kind of be the behind the scenes and doing all the stuff at once, because it does become a little challenging. And, um, you know, even to, even like um, in the latest episode of the feed, the one that we, we recorded, um, you know, Rob wasn't picking up his mic. And I didn't realize that because like we're talking right now, like I'm on my, on my, like uh, on my buds and my ears and whatnot. And um, I heard him. Usually that's what happens. Like I can hear like, you know, whenever Jess comes on, we're like, you're not on mic, Jess. Like I usually, I, I heard him be on mic, but Skype didn't select his microphone. So afterwards I got just not not at his microphone and well you have to you have to be able to check you could pick the right microphone for skype and sound fantastic but if you are recording on quicktime if you don't have the correct mic picked for that recording you could be recording on skype on your microphone recording on quicktime on your onboard computer mic and it would then you send the recording and it sounds like your onboard mic yeah so you have to check both places. You, that's why, and I get yelled at all the time by Jess because I say, "All right, let's check. Let's, let's check your check. mic. I know what I'm doing." I, <laughs> but it's true, you know. I, I, oh, go ahead, Jess. I mean, M. Good <laughs> year, new Jess. New Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I was on an interview, and the 
woman was using Ecamm for Facebook Live, though, and she would take those videos after and extract the audio. The problem is we were doing it over Skype, and I heard her fine because I had her switch her mic, but the mic that she had for the Ecamm for Facebook Live Mm -hmm. was the onboard mic. So when she got the audio back, and it's all one track, I was like, oh, no, I heard you perfectly. Mm -hmm. But Facebook, apparently, when she was doing it live and when she got the audio... She was very quiet, and there was all this room noise, and then I was very loud. I don't know how that worked, but yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to manage. Like all those little bits and pieces, you never know. It's like you have to make mistakes in order to do that. And truth be told, it's not going to ever stop because, you know, Rob and I have both been podcasting for over a decade. It's not like we don't know. But there's, you know what I mean? But it, but the thing is, it happens. It all, it happens. We, you, we are dealing with other things. Somebody comes in. It's like all those little check marks, like we haven't checked it or, or for that moment, for whatever reason, you don't check things and it happens. And, um, you know, you, you deal with it as it comes, but holy. Don't panic. Yeah. I listened to the feed and I said, oh, how about that? Rob picked his onboard, uh, his onboard <laughs> computer mic. Listen to that. And then I just listened to the show. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, it's you can tell it's different from the usual, but the content's there, and you guys are there, and you, that's what I'm there for. Right. I mean, if every week I would be probably a little bit annoyed as a, a podcast producer, I'd be like, "Come on, Rob, get your get it together here, my man. <laughs> get the right microphone." Yeah, but, but it was no big deal. Yeah, and it's like it's, but it's yeah, it's hard sometimes because you're always like, "Oh my god," and it's obviously it's extra editing, right? Because like I couldn't. I couldn't do any post-processing on his file as it was. So I had to do a lot of work to remove all the extra noise, like the noise, you know, the, the extra noises that were picked up. I had to get those rid of those because if I do post-production on that file, when those noises are there, it's just going to make them so much louder. <laughs> the yeah. So there was like a lot of editing going on individually on everybody on everybody's track. Um, and that is time consuming. I mean, it's there's really no easy quick fix for a lot of that stuff because sometimes you do want to have the noise. Like there's times when you do want an uh-huh or yeah or a slight giggle because that makes it human, it, it, you know? Right. Um, and like even in this podcast right now, even in this episode right now, the girls came in, opened the door while I was talking. I yes. heard them. I heard you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard that, and then I heard the door shut, but I just kept talking because I knew you couldn't talk. And then at the end, when we when I go into editing, that won't, that won't be in there. Yeah. It might be at the end. I might put oh. it at the end so people know. I'm only yeah. kidding. I actually I mean, didn't say anything silly, but there's been really good ones in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there have been. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, um, oh my gosh. Uh, so, like, let's move on to a little bit um, of some news. How about that? The news you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. Oh, I got to hear it live. I know. Oh, my God. It's (laughs) happening here. (laughs) All right. Um, So we have let's do a little bit of follow up on some of the new Twitter rules. And this we mentioned this like a long, like a long time ago. Um, 
not a long time ago, I don't know, a month ago or so when, uh, you know, <laughs> the Twitter rules came out and there was, there was this whole thing that you couldn't have duplicate content coming out of different accounts, because, primarily to address issues of robots going crazy and, you know, bringing down the Russians, <laughs> the Russians, all the political people doing nefarious things. Um, so essentially it was addressing that. Uh, and a lot of the third party uh, companies, social media companies, did make amends to some of that stuff. But my concern was particularly around promoting the same tweet in the same account for kind of like the same thing. Two different ways to do this would be like if you are promoting your back catalog. So I don't want to continue to rewrite the tweets about like an episode we did and just have to keep changing the language around that. You could just retweet that at some point. I mean, not retweet. Yeah, retweet it at some point. Release that same tweet. It seems normal. And also the other thing that I had a question about was, you know, for Lipson, I do promote the tar out of yourself Fridays. And generally it's the same tweet and the same update. Like I don't change the language on that. I just kind of like post it and then everybody kind of knows like that. That's what we do. Right. It's not nefarious. Areas. It's just that's what happens. And I was concerned about that because I didn't want to get banned for doing this. So one of the feed listeners actually went out of his way and he asked one of the um, I forgot which one, which one of the companies he actually had correspondence with. And what he ended up coming back with is that um, the same tweet more than once in under 72 hours is kind of like what they're cutoff point is. So as long as you are tweeting out the same tweet after 72 hours, you should be fine. Oh, yeah. Social jukebox. I wrote it in here. So he had a conversation with social the people from social jukebox. Uh, so what do you think about that? Em? Well, that's nice to know that there's a number. And hopefully that cuts down on a lot of the Twitter spam. At this point, Twitter for me is like, when I open up the actual feed of it, it's like a fire hose. Things just go so fast. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel bad I don't catch a lot of things. And so many people now use those tweet jukebox type programs. Like I use Social Bee and they said the same thing. They talked about the Twitter rules. And what they said was they're making their software. So instead of putting out older episodes, uh, on a rotation schedule, they're actually going to make it. So instead, as soon as you send that tweet, it'll put it back in the queue. And then when it sends it again, it's going to be considered a retweet. They're going to find a way to retweet it. So it's not technically breaking the rules, but it'll also not be, it'll be much longer than 72 hours because I have 100 episodes of my show. So right. it'll probably be months until you see that tweet again. Right. And I think that that's where that's why or why it's working and also just found a solution for us she she hooked up i hope that she talks through this but it seems to, to me i feel that that actually feels better for me um for all of our stuff because we generally have to run three separate accounts for she podcast right so there's promotion happening from her account uh personal my personal account and the she podcast account and so the solution that she hooked up um was um, using, oh my gosh, I don't, I think it's Zapier. I think that's what she used, although I'm not absolutely sure. And what that means to do is that it, it like, ta like it flags an action. So if something comes out of the She Podcasts account and we promote our latest episode, then whatever that it does is it triggers an action 
to then now retweet it out of Jess and my accounts. And so that seems really easy and it, and I've seen it work and it's, it feels great. You know, it feels actually better because there's a lot of times when some of the tweets are sort of like Elsie says this or Jess says this. And then if it comes out of my personal account and it says Elsie said this, it feels very like, why am I talking in the third person (laughs) or the first or whatever, you know? So um, I like the retweet quality of it. So it seems really cool. So I kind of really wanted to to address that. Um, Did you have? Yeah, I think IFTTT. Oh, is that? You know what? It might have. I don't think it was. It could have done that. It's either one or the other. They both are kind of the same. If something happens, we'll automatically do something else on the other end. So if it's not Zapier, IFTTT has probably something similar. And I think with their Twitter in their program, you can have a few things like if you use a certain hashtag, another account can retweet it or if somebody... Uh, uses, I don't know, links to or uses a certain picture. I'm not sure about that. But yeah. <laughs> they do have a few things in in if this, then that is what IFTTT stands for. Yeah. And I think that Jess did use a specific hashtag to force that retweet. So that was like the action that that needs to be the trigger, essentially, inside of the tweet is a specific hashtag. And that's why it's going to treat that one as such as a retweet. So um, so either one of those, I think I'm not sure ex- exactly which one it was. I know that there was a a reason why she didn't use one. Uh, and she was like, oh, that one doesn't do exactly what we want. This is the one that I use. And I just can't remember exactly what it was. So, Em, did you have an opportunity to check out the webinar about the podcast consumer? I did. So what did you think? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny because I've been watching it for three years and every year it's like all right the basic gist podcasting going up (laughs) everything's coming up podcasting we're all set (laughs) so this year i kind of just got the highlights i was like all right everything's going to go up for podcasting they're going to say it's really interesting and it's an advertising gold mine yeah 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 but (laughs) they presented in a way it's maybe 35 minutes and they presented in a way that's really nice and fun to look at numbers and charts and if you're a stats junkie you would love it absolutely because they really cater it to podcasters which is like oh makes my heart warm yeah i know it's like there was a lot of stuff and actually just i'm trying to i should have linked the article i kind of forgot to do that which is what i'm looking for right now because i wanted to talk about oh there here it is i'm gonna see if i can put it in the show notes as we're doing this because jess wrote an article kind of like um tying all things together and kind of giving us like the scoop on this, I'm going to post it inside. That's the, right. She did for True Native Media. That's she did right. That? She did do yeah. that. So I just added that article inside of the Trello board. And part of it is that they always address who's heard of podcasting, like the term itself. They always bring you some data about that. Then they really talk about like who's listening type of people who, who at least demographics of who's listening. And then uh, listening habits. That's also the other thing. And then the last thing that really came up this time that they spent some time doing is a, a s- smart speaker stuff, right? Uh, some social yeah. stuff, which they've always talked about, but smart speaker stuff. So uh, looking back into who's heard of podcasting, according to Jessica, <laughs> because we're going we're gonna to be quoting from her article, 
yeah. Purple it is. Now, there's a huge gap between people who have heard the term podcasting and the people who have ever listened. Um, so 64% are aware and 44% have ever listened. So there's that. Yeah. I actually, for the first time in probably months, I actually got asked, okay, I know you work with podcasts. What is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom, if you ask my mom what I do, she says I work for iPod. She doesn't oh my get gosh, it at how all. Cute I've, is that? I've stopped. So I've stopped. <laughs> I work for, oh, so cute. <laughs> That's because like my age group, they need to step it up because out of all the growth, my age group, which is 55 and over, they are the, they're the slowest uptake. They're, it's mm-hmm. still going. Yeah. But it's like 14%. And then I talk to people my age and I say, hey, if you really listen to podcasts or, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to do all that new technology. (laughs) I I just turn on the radio. Why do I need a podcast? My phone. I just I just get the weather again. So it's like talking to a wall. It will go up because we'll die. And the people that are listening to podcasts, right. they'll turn 55, right. <laughs> so it will climb. That's but true. it might take a while. We're all aging into that specific percentage there. But but as of now, uh, 12 to 24-year-olds are 30%. Um, that's the 30% side. Then 25 to 54 is 32%. And over 55 is 13%. So obviously, that is a smaller-sized kind of thing. And I think that absolutely, um, there is huge potential for those older listeners there to kind of step into that. You know, my mom and dad have always been listening to podcasts, but that's just because I started and so did my brother. So like right at the beginning, like both of us were immediately drawn to podcasting and and listening to it. And we introduced it to them. And one of the ways that that, that we introduced all of this stuff was via Catholicism because their, you know, their faith is so strong for them. And back in the day, um, Father Roderick Von Hogan, who's been around podcasting since 2004, and he was like, he he was like a huge person uh, right at the beginning. And plus, I mean, when you know that a priest from the Netherlands is podcasting, doesn't that just kind of make you kind of go like, really? And then you're kind of like, what? (laughs) And his show was always really well produced because it's all very pop pop culture based. It's he talks about pop culture and gaming and technology and all this stuff. And so I was telling my mom about I'm like, look at this priest. He's doing all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. And um, they created a network. And because of this sort of like the way that they created this network that really addressed conversations that they were interested in and they kind of just started listening from from back then and um so i feel that that's something that we need to really i think as producers pay attention to and it's something that we talk about in the illegal lot that the one of the reasons and one of the ways that you can get converts to listen is that you hit a need that they have, an emotional need in some way. For my mom and dad, you know, their faith is so, such a huge part of their life. And it's so embedded in their emotional life that it's like, of course, I'm going to listen. It's it's giving me an opportunity. It doesn't matter how it's coming because this is so important to me. And a lot of podcasters don't really ever address anything that has to do with like a real need for a community to connect. And I feel that for all the podcasts that are out there, I don't know about UM, but watching flourishing communities, they generally address an emotional need in some some in some way. And it doesn't need to be a serious thing. I mean, that's what entertainment podcasts and pop culture podcasts are there for. And that's why I think that they're so popular too, 
because we are disconnected sometimes and we want to connect with people and talk about these shows. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things about podcasts is even if you're listening by yourself, you still feel like you're part of a conversation, even if it's just voices coming from your speakers or your headphones that you've never met before in real life, you get that connection with people. And that's super important. I mean, yes, face-to-face is also important, but right now we're not looking for ads everywhere of buy this, buy this, buy this. We're looking to connect with people and that's sort of how we buy our things now is through emotions more than want or need is more emotional. Mm-hmm. Yep. And these choices, and it's one of the ways, go ahead. Sorry, John. Well, I'm sorry. I was going to say one of the ways I think that we can address the older crowd getting into listening is these home listening devices, like the lady in the round circle that I can't say her name because <laughs> she'll fire the off. Lady but I, circle. I finally bought two of them and I really enjoy them because then I can say, Hey, Lady, you know, (laughs) can I please listen to this podcast? And it plays it. And I love that because I don't have to carry, you know, it's usually I have the phone in my pocket or something like that. But if, you know, in my, in my room and I have one down here and I say, Hey, lady, please play the she podcast or whatever. And so now if you're a podcaster and you don't have like an Alexa skill for your podcast, you're really, really missing out because I think this is going to be a big way. I think this is going to overtake a lot of different ways that we listen to podcasts, to be quite honest with you. And then the other thing about this with these speakers, the, the round speakers with the lady inside of them, is that they turn on lights and turn off lights. So as we get older, we'll, we might like not like having people listening to us all the time, but we don't want to get up and turn off the light or turn on the light. So we can say, hey, lady, turn off the light. And then once we start doing that because we're getting lazier and older and, and arthritic, that maybe we'll start to listen to podcasts through the lady in the round device. Oh, we got our Google Home as soon as, well, right before I gave birth to my son. And as a new mom and you're carrying a baby around all the time, the last thing you want to do is have to, you know, he would sleep on me. And the last thing I wanted to do was get up and move him and wake him up. And so getting the Google Home, which is nice, I can say it without worrying about anybody's going off. <laughs> uh, it uh, it was I could turn off the lights. I could. My husband hooked it all up, and at some point in the near future, I think my husband was telling me we have sort of Google Home Minis and one Google Home, pretty much all over the house. And at some point, you can do a speaker type thing where you get it to play on one and you can have it play on all of them. So I'm going to have podcasts going out all over the house. My husband's going to be like, oh, my God, stop. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Also, you know what it says here, too, is that because there's some stats on that that they gave is that 11 percent of listeners own a smart speaker last year. Um, But this year, it's 30 percent. So that's huge. First, it tripled, and and second, three out of ten are listening this way. So those stats are seems to be, um, you know, growing, growing. Seventeen um, percent of speaker owners regularly listen to podcasts. Twenty four percent of podcast listeners listen on the smart speakers. So that's interesting. I mean, there's, there's a lot of growth. It seems like, it, especially with that kind of stuff. I think that the only concern that I have seen from people is the privacy issues. I don't know how you address that or how you feel about that, because I can't really have a smart speaker smart speaker here, as you all know, because of my Wi-Fi situation. But I have seen that there are some privacy issues with some of these devices 
uh, transmitting some data that necessarily may not be the best. But uh, I guess that's going to be fixed in the future, I hope. Yeah. See, the thing thing with me was I decided that what do I actually say and what are they – like the guy that is tasked to listen to me – is so bored right now. He he's like he quit his job. He, you know he just can't take it anymore because there's nothing going on in my house. So what could he hear me do? Like in the morning, you hear me groan when I get up and I try to get dressed or something like that. I mean, what is he really listening to? There's nothing going on. And again, this you take this with a grain of salt. There is a button on it. I'll turn off the speaker. Well, does that really work? I don't know. It turns red. And it makes me feel like it's not. No one's listening. But I mean, yeah. again, what are they actually listening to? They they can actually listen to what I'm watching on TV. Maybe I don't know. So again, I mean, I know that you sh- when people say, "Well, when you give up that right, then they can listen for whatever." I don't know. I I understand why people are upset about it, and it is a thing. But for me. It's a trade-off on what I so, wanted to that's do. That's why I got it. I always feel bad for anybody listening to me or listening if they are or anything. And they're probably thinking, oh, my gosh, she needs to stop playing Africa by Toto. This is like the fifth time today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so but here's the concern, though. The concern is not necessarily about people listening in, but the takeover of the machines. Because those are the machines that are essentially you're you're having them do all uh, uh, slowly but surely they're starting to have access to all of these other things and so if somebody it's not necessarily about listening in it's about being able to have control over the things inside of your house that you have you know done because you can hack into these devices and not only can you listen but you can also do stuff with the whole turning on and off the lights kind of thing. I mean, that's obviously a very mundane thing and that would just be scary. But there could be yeah. access to other things that you have in there that you don't want to because eventually that's what, what that's what's happening. We are giving these computers more power over our lives to, you know, do all these other things. And, you know, the connected home is so huge with locking devices, being able to turn, you know, thermostats on or modification of temperature, I mean, turning on and off cameras, like all of these things are accessible via that connected home. And so it is kind of more around having a device that has access to all of these different things that at this moment, the scope of security around these has not it's it's not as good as it could be. Let's put it just that way, right? Um, but there's also things like the HomePod, who at this point does have, as Apple is so, like they lead with a lot of privacy. And they have made it so that there is not that much communication and it's less apt for that kind of hacking stuff happening with them. Mind you, the price point of the HomePod versus something smaller right, like the Echo or something like that is really big. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, mine was $50. Yeah. And I bought two of them, but I think the one for Apple is like $350. Yeah, it is. But it's- again, for everybody that's scared about that, I'm going to freak you out right now. Your <laughs> computer has a, yeah, your computer has a microphone and a camera. Yeah. Your telephone has a microphone and a camera they can hack into those too so they if you're they have you if they're going to go listen to you but then i i say this is how i put it so you're so important they're going to listen to you you're so important they're going to turn your lights on and off you're so important they're going to hack into your whatever you have your pictures you're this you're that i mean if you become important and somebody and 
valuable to have somebody go into your information, then, then I think you have to worry about it. But for the common person that, you know, I don't see that happening. I don't, I could be wrong, but I mean, that, that's the way I sleep at night. Yeah. I remember in high school, this was 20 years ago, learning that with all the security cameras, I had a teacher who was really freaked out about how many security cameras were around. And he was like, do you know that you're on camera 16 times a day? And I'm sure that number is so much higher now. But at the time, in the in the 90s and early 2000s, I was like, Oh, my God, I'm always on camera. I need to put makeup on one of these days. (laughs) Never thought of that. Oh my God. All right, lady. Yeah. That's so Ramp funny. up because you could be, yeah, just think about it. You go to the bank tellers, you're on camera. You go to the uh, drive through, you're on camera. You, you go to a stoplight, you're on camera. So you're on camera so much during the day, they can follow you if they want to. Right. But are you really that important that they're going to? Well, the thing is to, that makes me crazy about that stuff is that you like, you know, and then there's a reason to do it. Like, you know, a child gets kidnapped or something. And it's like, then they're. Yeah. There's like, why do we not have footage? Like, why can't somebody find? I mean, if we have all of this stuff, why can't we just now? Now's the time um, to use it. Um, but at the same so time- that's another reason to have podcast T-shirts so that all those times you're on camera, people can see it. I am wearing my cheap podcast T-shirt right now. Oh, my God. You're always advertising. That's, that's a great. Could you imagine that as a marketing tip? You can ride that like any time that you're going to the bank where at a stoplight, make sure to hold out your shirt so that the camera can catch it. Catch it. Yeah, it's the craziest thing. I, I I'm trying to remember. Oh, I know what it was. There was a TV show on where they took th- they took a couple and they said, "Okay, you're going to go on the lam and you have to stay away from the cops." So what happens is then they had a team of people that would try to track them down, police, and they would use stuff like any kind of internet. They would go into their history. They would do all this stuff. And it was a pretty neat show. It didn't last long, but I found it fascinating because what one of the things is on the highway, they have a camera thing that takes a, a snapshot of everybody's license plate as it drives by. So they can tell by the, the license plate. If they have a license plate of the car. They can just go into that system and find out where that car is on the road and kind of follow it. So, again, you're right. When they have these ambulers, how come they can't find these cars or these people? So it makes me wonder, maybe they don't feel it's important enough to to do all that. I don't know. But they have a way of doing all this. It's here. It's We're not going back. So I, I guess we either embrace it or, I don't, again, I don't know. Or get a vanity license plate for your show. Clearly. <laughs> that's <laughs> what you like, need to do. That's how to turn it around and make it positive there. Right. Advertise. <laughs> that's what Emily's a marketer by heart. She is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so kind of moving on to another piece of in quote news. And you know what, John? I we've talked about this on the show before, but I honestly cannot remember if it was in those lost episodes. Because it was like part of the lost episodes. And then I remember speaking about this at length, but I don't know if it actually ever went out. Do you remember this Google app? Remember we were talking about Google? I don't think it did. I'm not 100% sure. I remember saying that my daughter uh, went to the dark side and bought an Android phone, and I was going to ask her to, you know, if I could use her phone to play with it. But I have not. Again, she's 19, and she's off doing things. And I was like, hey, can I use I'm busy. So I haven't had a chance to hook up with her yet. She's the only one I know that has an Android phone that I could actually do this. So I haven't played around with. But it looks like everybody's excited, 
And it is the biggest untapped market, as far as I'm concerned, uh, for podcasting. Like, uh, iPhones make it very easy to listen to podcasts. I find Androids make it a little bit harder. Right. Not impossible, but harder. And I think this will help. You know, what's interesting is that I have it in the show notes here. I can see it that we had it for episode 186. But unfortunately, there's many times that we have tons of information in our show notes that never make it on the show because we just talk and we don't do it. But um, I did have it on episode 186. I don't remember if we actually talked about it, but this is actually in reference to the way that Google has updated the way that they handle podcasts, essentially. And there's been some updates that have come directly into Android, the actual Android device itself where there is an update if you're using the Google app. So this has nothing to do with Google Play Music. This has everything to do with you just searching in the Google app inside of an Android device. We have talked about that before. That release actually happened sometime in last spring, early um, summer. And I remember specifically talking about the ladies, the ladies in the E-League, we brought this together and there are, there was, there's one specific, um, Chris Dirsch has an Android and she started way back then starting posting the images that she was seeing when she was using her phone. And she was like, oh, this is neat. So she kind of found it back then and she would bring it. Now, the newest release, I'm going to put a link in the show notes here for for it. It seems like they've sort of expanded that functionality where it feels as if it doesn't, that now it's going to start to be updated throughout the browser systems, like anytime that you're using Google. So this would be, and I'm, I may be wrong though. I mean, Please let me know, people who are listening. But eventually, I think what is meant to happen is to have the same results, whether you're using an Android device or whether you're using an iPhone, um, although I'm not sure if that's ever going to be allowed by Apple or if it's actually happening. But you can see... Can they just get along? I know, come right? I, I am come on. so sick of this yes. petty fighting between, you know, multi-million dollar companies. Stop it. Stop it. It's <laughs> like, it's not so... It's not good for anybody. So I don't know if it works like on Chrome. You know, I don't know any of that stuff or if it's anything specific to that. But I do know that what they've added is like the... Fun- well, the first thing that they had that we mentioned on 86, if we actually ever covered it is that there's a subscribe like button on there now and then now they've even added more it's sort of like there is some kind of like directory of sorts that comes up in some way and unfortunately since i don't own an android i can't see any of this stuff and it really you as a listener or i'm sorry you as a podcaster don't really need to do much From my understanding, you need two things, and this is according to Crystal from Support. You need a valid podcast RSS feed, a link to your feed on your website, and that's it. And so if you have your own website uh, that you're running yourself, I'm sure that this is happening for you, right? And then there's also people who are like, Emily, do you still have a story behind on the podcast page from Libsyn? I sure do. And so those podcast pages have a link to the feed on the website. So whether you have it on your own or whether you are running it like a like something like that Lipson's um, podcast page, and I'll put a link in to the show notes for Emily's site for her show so that you can see what that looks like. It should work. And I've seen a lot of um, people share screenshots of the feed because the feed also, obviously, the feed from Libsyn also uses the podcast page from Libsyn uh, in addition to a WordPress site. So we cross-post. 
and it shows up. So you can actually see, like when you search for it, you can see a big list and then it's got the name of it and it's got all the episodes and it has big play buttons on the side. So this could be really great for people who are to discover podcasts because they might be searching for not a podcast, a specific topic. And you come up and they go, oh, what is this? Uh, play, right? That would be kind of neat. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried it on my husband's Android yesterday. I was playing around with it. There's, there is the uh, subscribe button or the the thing where you can talk to it and say subscribe to this podcast. But uh, it's not – I didn't see the same sort of screenshots that they were showing in that first article that Google released. It's a five-day thing, and right, right now we're in between day two and three, I think. So it, it's slowly rolling out new features that Google's going to come up because I think in the article it also said that they're making audio one of their number one priorities right now, mm. which – Thank you, Google. Thank you very much. I'm making sure my Google Home hears me, oh. and it know it knows that I am I am a fan. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, because I mean, they would ha- be so very helpful. Um, I was thinking, like, I think some I saw somebody made make a comment of this. How cool it would be to have its own tab. You know how videos and images have its own tab to be able to have yeah, podca- blog- podcast tab. How cool would that be? That you could be able to blogs do that. used to have their own tab, and I loved that that's because right. I was a I used to love reading blogs and when they had its own tag, oh my gosh, I used to, well, get lost in it. And then there came Pinterest and that was just, oh, all the blogs. All, all the, the blogs, blogs all over. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, because that would be really cool to be able to do something like that. So, I mean, slowly but surely things are moving. And also, please don't have, and, and I think that this is also an issue that I've seen out there. Don't freak out. This isn't like you have to go like apply. It'll slowly be rolled out and it's a functionality. It's sort of like... Uh, have you ever seen, you know, when Facebook does those updates, those random updates where only some people get a specific thing and then everybody's like, wait, I don't have that on my thing. Why do you have it on yours? You know, that kind of stuff. I think it's kind of like that. I think that there's a slow rollout of features and depending upon whether or not you have the perfect recipe for the display of said functionality, then you're either going to see it or you won't. And and part of it is just to wait. It's sort again, it's it is kind of like Facebook where like one day you'll go in there and you'll be like, oh, my God, it looks totally different. That happens all the time. (laughs) And you really don't have a say. It's not like you can go like, can I just get that access now, please? There's no way to reach them and there's no way to get that. You just optimize for it. And that's it was it. like Twitter when Twitter went from 140 to wherever it is now yeah, and everybody was getting it. And I would run to Twitter in the morning and do I have it yet? No, <laughs> no, I don't. And then finally they gave it to me and now they wish they took it back. I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was just crazy for me whenever I was like doing that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, how many support tickets were we getting? Like, do you guys, are you guys going to support 280 characters? Are you guys going to do it? Can you do it now? Can you do it now? And it's like, you guys, it just released. Relax. We are podcasters. We want it for free Relax. and we want it now. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, chill out. And we want it to work 100% of the time. Yeah. We are very, very needy people. Podcasters are very, very needy. I know. Now, please, now, please. All right. So um, before we move on to some tool tips, I just want to chat a little bit about podcast movement. Miss M, you are doing some podcast movement things, aren't you? 
I am. Oh my I'm gosh. Be part of, yeah, I'm going to be part of a fireside chat, actually. They're doing so many different programs and tracks, and it just surprised me. So I'm going to be part of a fireside chat with two other editors, Steve Stewart and Joel Sharpton, and we're going to be talking about turning our love of podcasts into editing for them and what it sort of takes to make it a business. And if you are really into podcasts and listening to podcasts, and if you're one of those rare unicorns who enjoys editing their own podcast, <laughs> maybe podcast editing is for you. So that's going to be my fireside chat. And I'm looking forward to it so much. There are going to be so many people there. John's going to be there. I get to give John like a, a big bear hug. I'm so that's excited. All be, that's all I'll be doing is hugging people all through podcast <laughs> movement. Everyone's all excited for that. And John, no, I'll talk about that later. Never mind. <laughs> what? What happened? I was going to say, and John's going to be even smaller. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because when two podcasters uh, have a common interest, what do they do? They start a podcast and Emily and I just started a podcast. It just came into Apple. It's called... Uh, Hate the weight because we're we're on a weight loss journey, so we're going to be smaller when we're yeah, there. We, oh, all right, good. I saw that. I love your artwork. It's so funny and in your face, and I think it's it's great. Good for you guys because that's exactly what happens. You just have to yeah make a podcast about it because that's the way it goes. So mm -hmm. yeah, oh my god, podcasts are like tattoos for people <laughs> where you true. get one yeah and you get one and you just want more you just you're like oh my god this is so much fun anyway if you're thinking about doing that if you're thinking about starting another one definitely go to podcast movement come see everyone oh my goodness all the podcasters who are coming they come out with a new just list of people every week who are going to be speaking i have a feeling there's just gonna be all speakers at this point we're all just gonna speak for each other <laughs> that's so funny no but you we all it's like if you have not gotten your ticket please do go over to podcastmovin.com use the code the code sheepy so it's s-h-e-p uh to get some some stuff off sadly i can't remember exactly what our thing is oh here 50 dollars off any level of registration so um yes thank you so much um podcast movement for supporting she podcast you guys have been incredible for us always saying yes to all of our crazy questions and big big respect for those guys over there doing such great work so anyway shall we move into some tool tips elsie's tool tips all right and so emily i know that you are not a mac <laughs> Yeah. You're not a, Mac. not a Mac. You're not a Mac. You're a PC. She's still on the dark side. I know. So, but I do, I actually have, um, I have a Mac and I have this app that I love and I just thought I'd share with you guys and especially um, Twitter stuff because, I mean, I've talked about this in the past and then Facebook has become something that I really, really want to step away from like actively and I'm doing everything in my power to, to do so. And I've really started to be a little bit more active on Twitter, um, starting off particularly consuming Twitter. And I know, um, Emily, when you were talking about how it feels like a big fire hose every time you go in there, where um, I have this app called Twitterific. And Twitterific is a lightweight uh, Twitter client that is very resonant of what the Twitter desktop app used to be because they stopped developing that app, which is kind of yeah. crazy and weird their own app they stopped <laughs> developing it and so twitterific was essentially crowdfunded i believe i'm not sure if they was done through kickstarter or what's the other crowdfunding place i forgot what they're called 
And so they they were crowdfunded. They essentially asked the community to help them develop this. Twitter Twitterific used to be one of the first desktop apps back in the day, like when when literally 2006, 2007, when Twitter was starting out. And I, I remember using it and I kind of stopped and, um, you know, started using other things. But now I'm back and I really like the concept of these guys developing this app essentially being supported by the community, number one. It's constantly being updated. They're really working hard to make it lightweight and very accessible. And I like it a lot. I use it. It's on my screen most of the time. I can, uh, and I also have, and there's a corresponding iOS app. So they both have essentially the same functionalities back and forth. Uh, Obviously, I can have plenty of different type of accounts to see in there. Um, It is not necessarily meant as a, like a very robust type, such as a Hootsuite to manage conversations and things like that, where that's a little more business oriented. This is almost primarily oriented for somebody who really loves to just engage on Twitter and follow conversations and things like that. And I have found it to be incredibly helpful. I like the sound that it makes. It has really nice sounds <laughs> um, whenever you have a notification. I don't know why I like that. It's And again, I keep saying lightweight because what tended to happen with some of the other Twitter apps is they're really heavy and they used to really um, mess up. Like I could see the CPU on my computer that it was just hogging a bunch of stuff and it just was not fun. Um, one thing that I've been using a lot of lately is my lists. I have some private lists that you can't see. There's some public ones. I suggest you follow all the the e-league lists that I have in there. But um, all of the the podcast lists, I mean, sorry, the, the list that I have in there, then I, when I can go into Twitter, I can immediately just browse through that list. And if that's it, it's always in my face. And I'm like, oh, this feels so good. It feels so good yeah. for me to see this. So, um, and then I can just read the information and get out. <laughs> I don't have to, you know, I don't have to see all of the storm that's coming at me. Um, so it's, yeah. it's helped me continue relationships. It's helped me find people. It's helped me at least be seen. Like I'm doing a lot of very, um, specific, uh, type definitive type actions to move podcasting's conversation in certain places. And in order to do so, I have to kind of step out of my comfort zone and really start making relationships with people that I didn't feel like, you know, I should be because I'm, who am I? (laughs) You know, that's the question. Who who am I? I'm just, I'm so small. And so now it's sort of like taking a little bit more space, making a little bit more of a stride to to have these conversations, to to support these like larger entities and whatnot. And Twitter has been really helpful. So Twitterific, you guys check it out. I do believe it is a paid app, so it's not free. But I have found it to be incredibly helpful in the phone and the computer. You know, Elsa, you cost me more money. <laughs> yeah, I, I just bought Twitterific. I I bought Text Expander. You had me hooked on Castro. Oh my! God. I don't know what it is about you. Whatever you you could just say, go buy this, and I run out and buy. It. <laughs> well, these John, where's that sound bite of you saying podcasters want it free and they want it now? I know exactly. I'll, I'll have one out. I'll have it next week. <laughs> Oh my god! I never take sound bites of myself. I only take sound bites of Elsie and Jess. That's well, that's I don't because you're—I I know because it's really hard to do that, though. I mean, I wouldn't be able to take a sound bite. Like, I wouldn't be able to say something and go like, "Oh," because that's a different part of your brain. You know, sound bite is different. Like, I would be able to take a sound bite out of me after when I'm editing myself in right. post. Oh yeah, but, but not like while I'm talk. I can't be like, "Oh, that was really that's a sound bite." 
<laughs> it's like, not like, oh, I'm going to say something funny now. I know. Record. <laughs> I know. So that would be, yeah, that would be kind of silly. So, yeah. So you guys check out Twitterific if you want to sort of step into the pot to, um, to Twitter a little bit and kind of manage things for yourself there and check it out. I found it to be incredibly helpful. So that is it. I love that there's an app. I think that's great because I use TweetDeck, which is free and you can manage multiple accounts on it and you can see certain things, but it's just for the desktop. They don't have an app for it. So I love that Twitterific has an app. Look, she, you just sold two. I know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't have a Mac, though. You have, yeah, um, she, yeah. Oh, but she has a you, Mac. you have an iPhone? No, you have a... Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, and then iPhone. You can kind of check it out. It's like literally almost the same. And then I'll give you a trick, guys. So whenever you're switching accounts, and I didn't... I found this out by mistake, actually. Whenever you're switching accounts and you have Twitterific, like you can add as many accounts as you want. So I have three accounts that I run in there. And if you want to switch from account to account, you have to do a double finger swipe down and the middle of the screen of Twitterific, and it automatically swipes to the other account. So the way that I was used to doing it um, in other apps is that I would go to whatever the the little air, like a little down arrow somewhere where you could choose the next account. Like you do that when you're on Instagram and you're switching accounts and stuff. Like you literally have to do this other mm-hmm. thing. You go select this, select that, select this. It's usually like three things. But if you're moving from account to account on the phone, two finger swipe down and it'll move from one account to the next account. And I I just, just that, I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. And I found it by mistake because one day I was scrolling down the the list and I put two fingers down and then made it do something else. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a thing. So now I do it consciously. So awesome. Yay. Well, Yay. I think that we are wrapping it up. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here. Can you let us know maybe what your URL is or maybe um, where you love to be followed on on social media, like the best places to for you to connect with you? Yeah, I'm on pretty much everywhere except for Snapchat. I got into it and then I got out of it. I was like, no, 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 please, everyone stop sending me personal selfies. I don't need that in my inbox with a notification. <laughs> but I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Emily Peck Prokop. And on Twitter, I am at Story Behind Pod. And you can visit my website, which is the beautiful Libsyn page that I love, love, love at the storybehindpodcast.com. And you can also visit John's podcast, John and my podcast, Hate to Wait at hatetowait.com. Yay. Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, please go ahead and buy your ticket to Podcast Movement. Follow up with Emerald City Productions from Danny. Those, Thank you so much for supporting the show in the way that you guys do. And if you want to connect with us, do send us some feedback over at feedback at shepodcast.com or you can follow us on social media in all the places. So anywhere that you search for She Podcast, either Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, we are there and we'd love to hear from you. So follow us there. That would be fantastic. And our swag. I just bought myself like another, it's so sad, like over $100 <laughs> worth of like gear for myself, you guys. Shepodcast.com slash merch, M-E-R-C-H. 
Go ahead and get yourself something. I got a lightweight sweatshirt that I adore and I wear all the time. I had to buy myself another one because it's getting dirty because I never take it <laughs> off. I'm like, I need an, I need another. I need a backup. And my little girls got t-shirts. It's so, so exciting. Oh, and you guys go check them out. They're so great. Cool. And I and we love our tea public store. It's so cool. So please go over to shepodcast.com slash merch and get yourself a she podcast t-shirts. Um even in it it could say she podcast and we have these lovely ones that say love you mean it on them. Some of them have like lit rainbow um writing and it's like super awesome. So um yeah, that's it. And so let's see if does Jess have a love you there, John, so we can close out the show. Love you, mean it. Mean it. <laughs> Yay! Feel better, Jess. I know.